Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Throughout our show, we'll bring on some experts, talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Heather McNair. I'm Alex Mastriani, and we're happy you're here. Hello, everyone. Happy Wednesday. Spring has sprung here in upstate New York, and I am thrilled about it. Uh, Heather, how are you doing today? I'm great. Yeah, flowers are blooming here too. Uh, Allergies along with it. But other than that, (laughs) weather weather is gorgeous, exciting to see. Um, And I'm also excited to be talking about one of my all-time favorite topics and a huge part of my job uh, here at Higher Logic data. And we have more data than we ever have before. And not not just we here at Higher Logic, everyone out there, associations, all sorts of organizations, you know, it's coming from all these different sources, websites, communities, email, online advertising, kind of everywhere we can think of. Um, and it's been really exciting over the last few years to see tools like you know, data lakes, data warehouses, artificial intelligence, sentiment analysis, like all of these crazy fancy terms have become part of you know, our normal day-to-day vernacular. And Amazon, you know, AWS, like other services have made these things more accessible. They're giving organizations, associations who would have looked at this stuff even five years ago and said, you know, I mean, those are tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to look at those things. Today, they're not. They're a couple thousand dollars. And so it's made it a lot more accessible and given associations a chance to really better understand their members and bring all of this data together. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of look in community management, my background is, you know, is a great example of doing things by gut feel. You know, we've done things by gut feel for so long in the absence of data. And uh, and I hate to say, and I've seen this far too many times, that as, as much as as much as I love gut feel like the next person, uh, it can be swayed a lot by personal bias. And anecdotal evidence. And that anecdotal evidence, I think a lot in the association space comes from the people whom you interact with the most. And those people may not be representative of your audience as a whole, of the membership as a whole. And and so I'm not sure that associations are taking advantage of the tools that are uh, available to them to really understand that whole membership audience and, you know, and even customers, prospects, um, kind of that, that larger audience. Yeah. And I think, I think people want to, I think they see what you can do when you think about, you know, personalizing something based on all this data, you, you know, you've got all these data points and it's great and everything, but if you can't actually do something with it, then what is the point? Otherwise, it's just this big, overwhelming beast, this creature out there like, uh, I know I should be do something, doing something with this, but I don't know what it is. Um, even when I'm thinking about like explaining to you know my friends or family who maybe aren't like in the same industry as me, like what I do on a day-to-day basis, I like to point to like Netflix, right? That's an example everybody can understand. Like they're doing great stuff with data. I know that because I binged Gilmore Girls last fall, that now I have all these 
these recommendations that are coming up and it, they, it's just popping up. Ooh, you might like this because you watched this. And I'm just on this consistent like loop of them feeding me information, feeding me shows to watch, movies, TVs. And I love it. it. makes my job as a viewer really easy. It makes it really easy to keep coming back to Netflix because I know I'm going to get what I like when I watch there or when I when I log into to Netflix because they have all this data on the stuff that I've watched and they're making recommendations and it's making me a loyal viewer, a loyal customer. So I love to show that example to people when they're like, but what do I do with it? Like, how do you personalizing with data? What does that even mean? Yeah, absolutely. Netflix is a great example. Um, I should use that one more often. I use Amazon a lot just yeah. <laughs> because it's, you know, it's so, and I, for, I should have looked up the stat. It's something like 30 some percent of Amazon sales come from the recommended products. You know, like you log in, you're not even intending to buy, you know, this, you didn't even know this kitchen gadget existed. And now that I've seen it, I can't live without it. And it's going to be here tomorrow. Um, and, you know, and you know, they're, they're doing it by, you know, with data, by watching what you're buying, what you're looking at. Um, and it, you know, it just keeps making, you know, it, the more you do, the smarter it gets, the better it gets to know you and is, is making, um, yeah, it's, it's personalizing things. And I think, um, you know, personalization has been thrown around as another buzzword, um, but really, it's no longer a buzzword. It's an expectation in you know in everything, everything we do. We're just we're too busy these days to have to sort through a ton of email that may or may not be relevant to us and figure out, okay, what's actually applicable? Like everything that comes into my inbox today should be relevant to me. And if I get stuff that isn't relevant to me, frankly, it just ticks me off. I'm like, why are mm -hmm. you even bothering? Like, you should know who I am and what I do and whether or not this is relevant to me. Makes it a lot easier to hit unsubscribe. It, it absolutely <laughs> does. Um, and, you know, there's, there's this whole concept, you know, years ago, we and well, and sometimes even today, organizations are still doing this, what we call spray and pray. Like you send an email out or send a campaign, whatever channel, like out to everyone. And you hope, okay, you hope it sticks with some people. Um, and it's progressed through from segmentation into this concept of a segment of one. Like every single person you treat as an individual and talk to them as an individual. And, you know, when we talk about personalization, we'll talk about this today uh, with our guest that it, um, you know, it's not just about how we talk to someone. It's not about customizing an email. It's actually about personalizing um, they're using that data to, to customize the content that you're creating, customizing the things that you're offering. And, you know, and I'll go back to your Netflix example, Alex, you know, they're not only using the data they're collecting on you to serve you up an email that says, because you watch Gilmore Girls, <laughs> you also might like these. They're using that data to actually create new content to create new shows that they know are going to be relevant to their different audiences. And, you know, and I think there's some really powerful lessons out there um, of organizations, associations that are doing the exact same thing. ASAE uh, did a study a couple of years ago where they looked at all their community data and they found out that 
uh, that executives were very concerned. It was back in when GDPR was coming uh, into uh, into existence, and everyone was freaking out about it, understandably so. And uh, and they realized this, you know, how important and how often this topic was coming up. And so they went out and created a bunch of GDPR related content. And, you know, their members were extremely grateful that they had done this. And they were able to identify that that was a really hot trigger for people because they were watching the conversations that were happening out in their community. Yeah, that observation can tell you so much for future programming, for, you know, how successful the things you're doing are now. But, you know, going back to the the overwhelming amount of stuff that you have, you know, you've got data in your sitting in your database, you have your community, you have an email tool, maybe an LMS. Think about all the pieces of your your tech stack that play together. When they are integrated, it takes so much of that detective work out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it takes the um, the difficult level way down. It makes it so much easier to actually act on that data. Um, and that makes it easy for associations to apply those same rules of personalization, you know, without taking a ton of time or effort on their part. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we are thrilled to introduce today's guest, uh, Jeff Horn. And he has been sitting there patiently nodding and smiling as we're talking today. So I know he's got a lot to contribute uh, along this topic. So Jeff is the co-founder and CEO of Wicket. Uh, And if you're unfamiliar with Wicket, it is a member data platform for associations. So he is right on this topic. Um, And we're going to talk to Jeff about how you can make sense of all this member engagement data, how to use it to create that better member experience, that 360 degree view, um, and a lot more than that. So welcome, Jeff. We are really excited to have you here today. Well, thanks. It's really, uh, really great to be here. And it's just great listening to your, your introduction there. And uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of nodding on my side, for sure, just uh, in agreement with the things you're saying. (laughs) Jeff, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do at Wicket? Yeah, for sure. I'm the uh, so Jeff Horn, I'm the the co founder and CEO at Wicket. Um, and we're, we're based in Canada, actually. So, you know, talking about weather, uh, spring has arrived here, but it's a bit slower <laughs> um, than it has arrived uh, in some of your, uh, your areas, I, I expect. But uh, as you mentioned, Wicket's uh, were the world's first member data platform and uh, really transforming how associations can manage um, their membership data um, and really you know, modernizing uh, approaches for associations to manage that data, but also to integrate it uh, across that technology stack that uh, that you were talking about. So uh, my role at Wicked is, you know, overall kind of vision and leadership for where we're going um, as a company and uh, absolutely love engaging with great partners like, like HireLogic. Well, we're really excited, as I said, to have you here to talk about this um, because I know like as I've, well, back before the pandemic, as I go out and talk uh, about uh, this topic in particular, one of the challenges that I know associations run into a lot um is, you know, as they're getting these new technical, you know, all these different technical systems, the learning management system, the association management system, the website, uh, 
great data coming from all of them, but they do create data silos and they're, they don't have the tools uh, to be able to break those down. So kind of talk to us about data silos, um, how they're impacting member engagement, you know, how you see the best approach uh, to, to uh, address those. Yeah. So um, you, you couldn't be more right that data silos are prevalent, you know, and it's, it's not just in the association sector. This is a challenge for, for all organizations across all different sectors. Um, in the association world in particular, I think what's what's happened over the last, I guess the last decade really, is that associations have realized that while the traditional association management software, um, you know, historically has been used to do many, many, many things within the organization, more and more, it's just this realization that there's really great software out there that's purpose-built um, for, very, for handling very specific uh, functional areas uh, very, very well. Um, and that software has become more and more accessible. Right, you, you you can go acquire some of the software even without IT's involvement. So so that's changed the game. Um, but to your point, often results in data silos. And you know, data silos really are exactly what they sound like. It's you've got data in uh, separate systems, and that data um, isn't connected together, or at least isn't connected together properly, uh, perhaps. And. And the impact there, it's it's interesting. Like I think there's a there's a few impacts that that has. I think for for organizations, one of the most fundamental and obvious impacts is just it's it's inefficient, right? You're you're having to manually try to move data around amongst those systems. Um, so there's just an operational inefficiency to disconnected data and data silos. But I think the biggest the biggest impact is is trust. It, it creates a lack of trust in data um, that when you look in any one of those systems, can you really trust that the data there is up to date? That is the most up to date information about that member. Um, and of course, that data being up to date in any of those systems has a direct impact on that member's experience when they use that system. So it's absolutely all tied together and comes right back to, you know, the experience of the member as they engage. So, yeah, I'm kind of related to trust. It, I think not only for the staff uh, trusting that that data is up to date. Um, I'm, I'm guessing you guys have run into the issue where the if the member sees information that's incorrect about themselves, that also breaks trust for them. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's something we, we hear a lot um, within the sector is that, you know, associations will get feedback from their members at times that you, you should know me. Right? Yeah. I, I've given you a lot of information. You, at this point, you should know me. Um, and so when they go to a, a system like your LMS or maybe your conference platform or your community, if, if the data they see there is not the most up-to-date information that they've provided, that's um, a frustrating experience, right? And it, it um, you know, it definitely... Um, you know, decreases the trust they have that, you know, you're listening to them um, and that you really are, you know, trying to provide them the best possible experience as a member. Yeah. My, my car dealership keeps emailing me with the wrong car. <laughs> and it drives me crazy. They're like, it's time for service on your, you know, such and such car. I'm like, that's not the car I bought. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great example. When you, when yeah. you feel like, you know, the, the, the person or the organization on the other side knows you and has listened, it just, it creates such a better connection. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it makes you feel like you've been understood, you've been listened to. And that's, that's very, very powerful. Yeah. 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 And going back to the, 
the idea of trust, you know, as a, a staff person who's getting ready to hit send on that email that maybe contains all sorts of customized information. Cause you're like, I want to make sure that these members, you know, get this personalized feeling. I want them to feel good when they get my email. I want them to sign up for this event or this webinar or buy this book or whatever it is, make this purchase. And you've got the sweaty palms and you're about to hit send. And if you don't have confidence in your systems, you're just sort of, you know, panicking. I've been there. <laughs> so I know like having those integrated systems can make such a difference. Yeah. That's such a great point. And that takes me back to our last episode. We were talking about yeah. marketing automation. Yeah. And marketing automation really is only as good as the data you're using to drive yeah. it. Exactly. If if it's not accurate, if it's not up to date, if one thing, one system's telling another system the wrong information, what is the point? <laughs> you know, you're not going to be able to to create that, you know, one-to-one experience that that we talked about. Um, Jeff, question for you. Can you do you have any examples or stories that you could share maybe of an association you've worked with who, you know, had a had some of these challenges and made some improvements to their to their silos or you know to their tech stack to maybe relieve some of those fears when it comes to um, you know putting out the wrong information and then creating that be- better reception on the on the member side. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that you've used a really good example there with with email marketing and, and marketing automation. And, you know, you, you took the words right out of my mouth with, uh, you know, that it's only as good as the data uh, that you have in that system and the trust you have in that data. So, you know, a, a common success story we see is with email marketing platforms, right? Like, like one of the, you know, one of the things, one of the key integrations that we see with customers that are leveraging um, our platform is to have a very deep integration with their email marketing system of choice, really for that purpose of, you know, synchronizing that key data in real time. And and it could be a lot of different data, right? It could be, you know, just standard information like name and, and you know, what state do you live in, um, all the way down to things like even, uh, even birth date or dem- other demographic information, you know, active membership, all kinds of different things. And, and, and what we see there is that it allows the organization to get away from that spray and pray approach with marketing, which, you know, ends up just getting filed away into the members, you know, junk folder because you're sending them so much um, versus that ability to send really, really targeted, segmented messaging to those users which typically means delivering maybe fewer, but much, much higher value in terms of the message you're delivering to them. And so what we commonly see is a dramatic increase in things like open rates um, and engagement with, um, with tools like email uh, marketing. So I think that's a, a, a really solid example of just some of the benefits that, that we see by taking this approach. Yeah, I was recently speaking with a customer And they were telling me about how they were just looking for easy things to automate that, you know, they used to do on a manual basis. And you're, you reminded me of it when you said the birthday example, you know, they just wanted to send an easy, happy birthday email to folks because they had that data in their system. They're like, you know what, we'll include a coupon for buying something from our online store. And they have been seeing like huge spikes in sales just from that one birthday coupon code. And they're like, they 
we would never get these sales if we didn't do this one simple email that's just running in the background with zero work required. And it's just amazing to to think about some of those things that you can very easily automate with the data. Yeah, I don't think there's any uh, any better success story for an association than something that can be automated that drives revenue. You know, that's <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, kind of let's let's keep going on that for a second, Jeff. Um, automated drives revenue. So what, you know, obviously the ideal integrate every system that's creating data. Um, that's probably a little overwhelming for a lot of associations. So what what would you say key systems to integrate? If we're going to if my association starting from scratch, I'm going to try this tomorrow. What are the key systems I should look at integrating to start getting that that 360 degree? No, that's a great question. I think it's kind of, you know, starting, you know, really looking from the, the member's perspective and the places where they are uh, primarily engaging um, and working from that. So, so certainly from our perspective, there's, there's key systems there. Absolutely. Um, you know, starting with the, the website of the association, you know, the website, you know, the public facing website tends to be the, the, the starting place, you know, for most members, for whatever journey they're going to go on, right? Maybe they are going to end up in the online community or they're going to end up in the LMS. Um, but typically they're going to start by coming to the website and logging in. And so when we talk about integration across systems, there's a few actual elements to that. There's, there's synchronization of data across systems, um, but then single sign-on is another really key component, right? It's like, I don't, as a, as a member, if I have to remember five different usernames and passwords to be able to access the different tools within the ecosystem of tools being used by the association, that's just a really challenging experience. And it's really going to deter me from, from engaging uh, as well as I could and as often as I could. So single sign-on is a, is a key part of that. And so what we like to see is single sign-on, you know, from the, you know, into the website and then from there being able to launch out to other key tools such as, so learning management system is absolutely another for organizations that do professional development and provide that to their, to their members. So a lot of professional associations and societies, this is really key. So we see that as another key system that can really help drive an indicator of to what extent a member is engaging with, you know, one of the key value propositions of uh, continuing education. Um, other key systems, absolutely online community, um, you know, just because there is really rich data. And if you're getting your your members engaged in discussion, um, really, that's just an indicator that they, they really are getting value uh, from their membership. And, and I think then from outside of that, you know, I think in the association community, you know, events and event management and event registration, a world which in the last year has been turned upside down, um, you know, with, with COVID and the pandemic. But there's, but there's, you know, really rich data there that um, often, you know, most associations would feel are, are strong indicators of engagement if people are registering and attending um, events, whether they're a webinar or their, you know, annual conference. Yeah, absolutely. And we didn't pay him to say that about online community. <laughs> um, to, to go back to your SSO comment, yeah, it, it is, you know, I think people tend to overlook what a barrier to participation that having even having the same password, but having to log in again to a system really is to people like it's a nuisance. Um, 
but that nuisance tends like that friction tends to compound and you know we've seen it with with online community that if people do have to log in again it just it's an irritant and it tends to deter participation and having that seamless sso across all of your systems is absolutely key for that yeah. experience yeah I, I couldn't agree more like it's it really is just a critical piece and um you know especially for member facing tools, right? Like as an association, it might be acceptable for a staff member to have to log into another system separately. Um, But any tool that is member facing that you're expecting your member to log in and interact with single sign on, you know, in in my opinion, would be one of the very first considerations um, when looking at integration. And, and I think that, you know, it's, it's really important you know, in, in 2021 for associations to be as they evaluate software tools that they're looking to adopt, that they really look hard at integration capabilities of those systems and single sign-on being a really, really key piece. Um, you know, I'd be telling a customer, if, if you're looking at systems and any one of them doesn't support single sign-on using modern standards for single sign-on, I would immediately remove that system from your list because it's it's, it's really a must-have today. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic, fantastic piece of advice. Uh, are there other kind of piece, pieces of advice along those lines that as people are looking at integrating their tech stacks, again, going going for this ideal member experience that you offer people? Yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, there's, there, you know, there's a lot to looking at integrating software systems together and it is, it's evolved dramatically over the last, I guess really the last five years, there's been really dramatic changes in how software systems can be integrated. Um, one, like one of the things as we talk to um, customers or prospective customers, evaluating, ensuring that um, evaluating integration capabilities is just part of your review process. And as mentioned, SSO is key to that, but also just understanding it's easy for a, a software company to say, oh, yes, we integrate, right? Yeah, we integrate. And so many times we'll get into situations where the customer, the association was told that this other system, oh, yes, we can integrate. But then when we get to that point of integration, you know, they might as well have put, you know, air quotes around we integrate uh, because yeah. they really don't have good tooling for integration. So it should just be a really important part of that evaluation, whether you have IT staff or not, just making sure that there's some key questions to ask there around integration capabilities and open APIs versus a closed integration ecosystem and all kinds of things there. There's also there's a lot also a lot of um, you know, depending on the types of software tools you're using, there's a lot of ways today that, you know, allow you to connect software tools together, right? Just as, as a consumer, really, like tools like Zapier, you know, allow you to just say, you know, I'm using MailChimp and, you know, I want this to connect to SurveyMonkey or Eventbrite or, you know, the more you get towards um software tools that are outside of the direct association ecosystem, the more opportunities you have for integrations to be easier and easier. But there's also a whole rise of what's called integration platform as a service or IPaaS, which is a whole separate discussion to get into really. But really what those tools are doing um, are helping to remove the complexity away from integrations and provide great monitoring tools um, to make sure integrations are working. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's so funny. You should go back to what you're saying about when 
companies say we integrate. Yeah, d- definitely dive into that because uh, we've run into it with customers that we've worked with. They're like, oh, no, they said they integrate. And it's oftentimes it isn't anything beyond SSO. Like they can say we integrate and it's really just SSO. Um, so yeah, d- dig into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's definitely there's, you know, the, the leading question is, do you integrate? And then there should be a series of deeper follow up questions that, that come from that. Yeah, and it's interesting that you mentioned Zapier. That's the second time in an hour and a half that 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 has come up. Uh, yeah, tool tools like Zapier. And yeah, do you want to just kind of, I, not everyone is familiar with uh, tools like that. So do you want to just yeah. touch on that briefly? Like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, and part of what we do at, at, at Wicked is we actually bring that type of tooling kind of into our ecosystem um, for our customers and really help to manage, you know, the leverage of tools like that. Um, so there's the, the concept of, of iPad or integration platform as a service really is, you know, the what's what's been happening over the past five years or so is the development of these companies that are focused on allowing software tools to connect, typically via their APIs, without having to be a programmer or developer and writing code uh, to do so. It's so it's kind of like a no-code approach to connecting software systems. And Zapier is probably an example of like the most more consumer-focused version of that, where literally it's just go sign up, point and click, and you know they put a lot of structure around that, and you can just connect software tools together and get some data flowing. What we do is bring in, you know. I guess what we call more advanced iPaaS systems that really allow for building much the complex workflows within them. Um, platforms like Trade.io, uh, we're huge fans of. Uh, Shuffle Exchange is another iPaaS that works specifically right within the association ecosystem. That's fantastic as well. And these tools really just they're they're making it easier and easier to integrate software, and they're starting to take away excuses of, of not having good integrations, but then it all does come back to that company on the other end. And do they have an API, you know, do they support modern standards for integration? Because if they don't, it's very, very hard to get around that problem. So for someone who is less technical like me, <laughs> um, we talked a little bit about, you know, the benefits in terms of more efficiencies for your, your internal team, you know, trust on the the member side when they see, you know, accurate data, personalized stuff coming through. What would you say, you know, to someone who's, you know, trying to analyze all of this? They they have this 360 degree view because they have their systems talking to each other. You know, what do they do next? Mm. Yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a great question. And I think it's, you know, it's, you know, it's really about you know, there's a whole discussion around becoming a, a data-driven organization, right? And using this data to help start inform decision making. Um, you know, outside of even just the day-to-day use of that data, I think that there's a few things that you do. So, you know, from from the standpoint of a platform like Wicket, what what we are showing you know, the staff at an association who want to look at a member, we're, we're using that data that's coming in to basically show the member journey. That's right. Like, you know, the member was sent this email marketing campaign that they opened and then they logged into our website and then they registered for an event, you know, and then they jumped in, you know, so it's, it's telling that story of what's happening. So that's just from a day to day usage, understanding what any individual person is doing is, is extremely valuable day to day. 
But then there's the broader question of understanding member engagement, right? And that's where, you know, you look to BI software. Uh, you mentioned data warehouses earlier, you know, that are incredibly powerful tools that let you take that data um, and deliver insights out of it, right? So it could be, you know, we'll have customers that will connect um, really great BI software like a Tableau um, or a Power BI to the, the this rich data we have in Wicket to really be able to then create insights out of it and identify trends. But then there's other really great tools within the association ecosystem, like association analytics, um, that is a data warehouse with this really great BI engine on top of it that can give really great insights in understanding member engagement and seeing trends. So it's about, you know, turning the data into action. And I think there's kind of the day-to-day action and usage of the data that you're learning once you're connected. And then there's also strategically looking at broader insights you can get to understand what's happening that then allow you to start doing things like maybe start changing how you're designing the programs you're delivering to your members. Do you have a favorite aha moment that one of your customers has had? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, it's... I, I love hearing stories about the impact of personalization, kind of coming back to where you started the conversation and that Netflix experience. And, you know, I think that, you know, what you want, what your ideal is, is that you're able to deliver, you know, the information, content and resources to your members um, where they are, you know, when they need it, you know, and that's kind of like the, the ultimate experience and so those are the stories that that we love where the the data that we were able to provide was was able to provide a great experience when that user logged into the website and was able to be presented with the specific resources they needed that were based on the data um and better yet was automated um so so those are those those are the stories we love to hear and 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 to hear from customers it's just how that data can be can be leveraged. And a lot of the places we're going um, with our product are towards segmentation. And segmentation is just an incredibly powerful tool that um, today is used in email marketing systems and other tools, but but we see, you know, extra, a lot of value um, in um, segmentation across the software ecosystem that associations operate in. And so we're, we've got some really exciting work that's, that's happening in that area. That's awesome. Um, Jeff, this has been great. One last question for you, something that we're asking all of our guests now, this is the member engagement show after all, uh, what is your favorite engagement tactic? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a, that's an interesting (laughs) one. Um, I think, there's a few things that I that I really love. Like I, I'm a big fan of um, modern e-commerce platforms. Like I'm a, I'm a I, I, I really believe the future for associations as they as they kind of rethink the traditional model they've used and start thinking about even start starting to think about membership differently, more towards subscription, um, but also the idea of really kind of being able to leverage modern e-commerce systems to really unify the shopping experience. Things like the, you know, getting towards that Amazon level recommendation type engine that you can get out of great e-commerce systems today. Um, I love, and I, and I love the ability because it can, it ties right back to revenue 
um, and diversifying revenue for associations. I love that. But I, there, there's some other really great software tools out there today that I, like I'm a software person. So I get excited when I see really cool, interesting software coming that helps with engagement. So it's like tools like, uh, like prop fuel is a tool I love. It's like contextual engagement, uh, for, for associations where you can send an email out and ask just a single question by email. And then that kicks off a workflow and, you know, can, can really create, uh, a, a more a closer connection to the member to tools like a, a raza.io which is uses artificial intelligence to deliver you know tailored newsletters um pulling in content from all different sources um so there's all kinds of great stuff happening from a technology standpoint in the association ecosystem today that, that gets me really excited yeah i think it's it is so fun to see how quickly things are advancing in this area and yeah, and and organizations you know, like Amazon, they obviously have much bigger budgets than a lot of associations do, <laughs> than every association does. I think I could fairly say, um, but uh, you know, they are paving the way, and they're making all of these tools more accessible to everyone. And um, and I I do I I I I geek out there with you, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see what's next. Well, thank you again for joining us, Jeff. Uh, for our listeners out there who want to hear more from you, where can they find you on the internet or uh, connect with you on LinkedIn? Can you can you share where they can find you? Yeah, for sure. You know, our, our website is wicket.io um, and you can connect with me. You can find me on Twitter at Jeff Horn. Um, and uh, yeah, always, always, you can definitely find me on LinkedIn. So always, always great to hear from people and, you know, love having conversations about data, engagement, uh, anything happening in the association ecosystem from a technology standpoint is, you know, what I spend my days thinking about. So always excited to, to hear and connect with people. This was great, Jeff. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks for having me. It's going to do it for another episode of the Member Engagement Show. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next week. 